Hello friends, welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, we have Taylor and Jarrett Gardner. Taylor and Jarrett are the owners and founders of Backspin Tea. As always, if you enjoy this episode and you find value from it, I would encourage you to reach out and follow them on Twitter. Thank them for their time for joining the podcast at Backspin Tea. I'll include that in the show notes below. One of the questions I always got after inventing the spinner arm care tool was how do I use this? So I came up with the foundations of throwing online course. This is just a one-hour mini course uh, outlining not only how you can implement the spinner or how we use the spinner on our training floor, but how you can develop a full arm care throwing program uh, to get the most out of the players on your team, the players in your gym. Uh, This is just your get-started guide uh, with throwing programs and arm care. Go check out that course on my website, chadlongworthonline.com. I'll put the link in the description. If you like the podcast, then you're going to love LPD+. Members of the community get instant access to all of the latest episodes before they release to the public. You can join LPD Plus today. Memberships include a monthly, a yearly, or a lifetime subscription. All come with a free trial. I'll put the link in the show notes below. and Be sure to use the discount code PODCAST to get 10% off all memberships. <laughs> When you said your brother was going to join, I, I figured you guys would be on like different devices joining. <laughs> no, we just live close to each other, so it's yeah. easy. It's easy. Yeah. What's up? Man, it's How a wild year. For sure. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I thought 2020 was wild. Right. Twenty. 20- 2021 is worse. <laughs> yeah. It's worse. You sell things and then it's like, okay, that's cool. I'm selling stuff now, but now I can't get anything. Yeah. Yeah. How much, how much, uh, how much is the supply chain stuff affected you all? Honestly, not much. Um, really? Cause we build everything by ourselves. Um, yeah. And so I don't raw materials. Not too bad. Not too bad. We we will be making the change though to uh, some some international manufacturing. But even that, I'm having them airship them. Uh, we're not for sure. You know, yeah, avoid those damn ports, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The ones in Florida are not too bad, but the ones in California are awful. What uh, what what, pro- what, what products spe- uh, specifically are you getting hung up on? Is it weighted balls hats. or hats? Yeah. Hats. Selling hats. Can't get hats. Can't get hats anywhere. Can't get anything. Like, like I don't sell anything but hats. I don't mess around with anything other than hats. I ain't, I ain't mess around with uniforms or anything like that. <laughs> the we we I found a little company that ships out of Dominican Republic. So they ship from Bangladesh. I guess they fly from Bangladesh to Dominican, and then they boat into the port in Miami, which worked way better. But the ones that boat from China to, to Long Beach are yeah. the worst, the freaking worst. It's been awful. It's been so – I've never processed so many refunds in my life. Oh, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. What else is going on? What are you, what are you drinking this morning? Coffee? <laughs> we, we just want to light the Coke. Just straight to the old school Coca-Cola. I didn't, I didn't have time to go to the gas station to get me a monster. Let you, let Are you, you white monster? Time? I do. I do. Every day, white monster. The goat. Uh, ten yeah. out of ten. 
doesn't even need an energy drink review. People ask me all the time, have you done the energy drink review on the White Monsters? Like, doesn't need it. I talk about it in almost every energy drink review because it's the GOAT. It's the number one. It is. All the other energy drink reviews are based off the White Monster. Right, for sure. For sure. Are you going to the ABCA this year? I'm going to try. I suck at playing this stuff. I suck at playing stuff. I am so bad at playing stuff. If it's not happening next week, if it's not happening the next couple days, I'm probably not thinking about it. Right? Right? Yeah. My daughter started, Mike, so 2020, 2020 put us behind the eight ball with my son and my daughter. My son's seven. My daughter just turned 10 yesterday. Put us behind the eight ball a little bit. We tried to play in the local rec league. It just tried to not force them into the – to the travel ball club world too fast because it didn't want to like, you know, run the risk of burning them out long-term. And so we're really fortunate in who they play for great people. I trained their kids. So they're 100% know where I'm coming from, know what I'm trying to do with my kids. Cause I'm trying to do it with their kids too. But 2021, it's like, we better play travel ball this year just in case something happens with the local league. It's canceled again. At least we get games. You know, we kind of let my daughter, tiptoe into it last fall but in doing that it's basically been they don't play every weekend it's been great their schedule's been awesome it was very one or one weekend in june one weekend in july and summer so our whole summer wasn't taken up with like practice and playing every weekend but in because the people we play for their son plays on my son's team and their daughter plays on my daughter's team and so they alternate weekends, and it's like pretty much every weekend. It's been pretty much every weekend, either my son or my daughter, you know, one way or the other since like March. And I thought I was busy before. I thought I was busy before. I'm, coming, I'm making a point to this. I thought I was busy before. I wasn't that busy. I mean, <laughs> I thought I was. But it's like now that they're running and practice is like 45 minutes from here, so we got to go 40 – and they don't practice a lot. They practice like once a week, and then they play on the weekends. But 45 minutes of practice, sometimes two times a week to get my son and my daughter over there amongst playing in the weekend, amongst training here, amongst training it. It's been a busy year. It's been a busy 2021. It has. We've been trying to get a building up for the last three years. And uh, what was it, April, May? Thought we were real close. And, I mean, we thought we had a chance to get it up by the summer. And uh, they just now got the framework up and waiting on the wind to die down so we can finish the building. 10,000 square feet, brand new, like, pumped to get yeah. in there. Yeah. Anything that could delay it has delayed it. For sure. For sure. No, no doubt about that. Um, what else you guys got going on? You oh, reached out to me. And, uh, and, and, and Fry. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. Teacher Man's on TikTok now. Mm-hmm. He's all mm-hmm. over TikTok now. This is kind of like you can say whatever on this podcast. So this is funny. I actually sent this to a couple of my, my friends. Teacher Man was talking about something on TikTok one day, and I ran across it, and he used the term blow your load. Oh. He's like, you've blown your load. I'm like, huh, didn't see that coming. 
didn't see that coming in a hitting video. I don't know. He's talking. I don't. You know how he goes on about stuff, and he, he's showing something. It's like by this point, you've blown your load. I'm like, huh? What about that? What about that? You see anything in hitting universe? That's a first. That's a first. <laughs> a lot. A lot of firsts with that man. A lot. Oh, uh, honestly though, Blocktober. I I've told you this before about my Twitter, and people know this about my Twitter habits. I've kind of eliminated – I eliminate those guys, and then I eliminate the people attached to those guys, and occasionally one or two fall through the tracks, the cracks, and they immediately they, – I just immediately eliminate them. I'm not here – I'm not here for this. Like, I'm not here for this nonsense. So, it's funny. It's a funny world. Uh, Virginia? Hang on, you're you're breaking up. What do you say? Uh, are, are you still in Virginia? Is that where you're at I now? Am. Yeah, I am. Yep. I work in Virginia. I live in Virginia. I live like right on the Virginia Tennessee border right. line. Right. Virginia Tennessee, Kentucky, West Virginia, kind of in this little hole in Virginia down here in the corner where no one really pays any attention to what we're doing. And so I work a couple of days in East Tennessee, and then I work. I live here, and this is my home base here. Um, so my office is here and then I, East Tennessee is like an hour. And so I trek down the road an hour and see clients over there in a, in a facility. All over our TV right now. Sorry, you broke up again. What did you say? I don't know. If like Hang on a minute. There, go again. Virginia, 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 right now with all the uh, elections. And, and yeah, oh, yeah. Of, uh, power up there, so. You guys are getting a lot of, a lot of pub publicity around the country right now. Right, I know. Unbelievable, actually. I, color me surprised. Color me surprised about the election. Holy cow. I didn't even know how that happens. My mom, I see, I'm not a politics person. Like, I'm getting involved in all that. Like, I don't care. Whatever. You know, we still have the Constitution. Good. All right. That seems like pretty rock solid. Uh, we still have, like, the Bill of Rights. Cool. All right. That's still there. I feel all right then, you know. And then my mom, who who likes the politics quite a bit, she says, you, you vote? I'm like, no, no, I'm not voting. I haven't voted since, like, 2001. But we need vote. Need to go up there and vote. I'm like, look, down here in this little pocket hole of Virginia with, that we live in, it's like everything in Virginia happens in Fairfax, <laughs> right outside of DC. Yeah. And so whatever Fairfax decides to do, that's what everybody's going to do. And so Fairfax, I am, sh I am shocked. I didn't think, I didn't think that I would ever see a Republican in my lifetime. <laughs> like right. win in Virginia again because Fairfax right. just continues to get bigger right and as cities get bigger yeah they they tend to be more democratic and it's like so down here in this little middle of nowhere Virginia it's like we not it don't matter if I vote or not I, I told my mom I was like you need to call the people of Fairfax if the election's not gonna go the way you like it and talk to them don't talk to me like there's too many people up there and then you know I saw yesterday that that the Republican candidate won governor. And I was like, holy crap, 
I did not see that coming, you know. But again, whatever. You know, in Virginia, he can't get reelected, so you have to change governors every four years. And it's like, ah, he'll, four years will go by like that. And they'll be some, they'll be out here yelling about somebody else here in four years, whatever, you know. Right. I did tell my kids though. Good news. Um, you're probably not going to have to wear a mask to school, or you're going to have the option to wear a mask to school for the first time in two years, which would be nice. Uh, but again, I'm, I'll be honest about the mask. It's like my kids haven't really been sick at all, period. Nothing. No colds, no stomach viruses, no just random anything. It's like I don't know that I'm not opposed to wearing masks all the time so they're not going to bring the stomach virus and the cold and all that right. crap but that's been pretty nice. Like they haven't been sick, so they went back to school in uh, August of 2020. And so, what are we in? 2021. They've been in school like a year and a half, and they haven't. They haven't been sick like the first time. It's been amazing. You know, little kids bring stuff home all the time from school. Yeah. It's like they've been wearing masks every day. It's like they don't. They don't bring anything home. Neither one of them had COVID. We're not. They've not even been quarantined. Um, so it's been good. I think I had COVID in January of 2020 before oh, really? COVID was a thing in March. Like I haven't been sick either in like five years. And I got sick to the world <laughs> in, in January of 2020. Like weird symptoms, like completely. I've never had the flu, but it wasn't the flu. And it lasted like six weeks. So oh. bad. So that was COVID. Oh, yeah, it was terrible. It was so bad, but it's not been too bad here, honestly. Really. So what do you what do you what do you got on your mind about Fry and Teacher Man? Other than oh shit, Okay, Fry is totally worthless. So Fry lives in Fort Worth, which is about three hours south of us. We're in Oklahoma City, and he's in Fort Worth, and he's actually from uh, went to school at Southeastern Oklahoma. So Division II school, Durant, Oklahoma, and um, played with the Rangers for a while. It's a backstory of it. But um, I actually played for Marty Scott, who was the farm director for the Rangers at the time that yeah. Fry was going through. So yeah. I kind of reached out to, to Marty, and I was like, hey, Marty, Jeff Fry is kind of starting this sheet on moving and stuff. And he was like, yeah, I've been kind of following the stuff. He goes, listen, he goes, he is actually a, a decent guy because he's an overachiever. As, as a ball player, he goes, you know, we drafted him late rounds. Didn't think we'd get much out of him. He's, he's always in the right spot at the right time. And, right. Um, he goes, kind of a utility guy that we can put, kind of put wherever. So he goes, and it worked. It worked in the early early 90s or whatever when you had teams full of those guys and you had one or two superstars. But he goes, you know, today's game, he goes, he probably would never get drafted nowadays because he just doesn't have the – the the power that we're looking for it's not putting up the um extra base hits and stuff he goes not really good ball player but he goes just definitely an overachiever we never thought he'd probably get out of eight right so and that, I played with a guy in a ball i won't mention his name and he's a way way better dude than fry is uh i played with the guy in a ball that was like that was kind of yeah. a utility guy yeah. I looked up our A-ball stats. He had, like, the 13th highest average on our A-ball team. Uh, <laughs> and he ended up playing 10 years in the big leagues. He got 10, 10 years, years plus in the big leagues. Never was a full-time player. But just, it's like, good for you, man. Like, this yeah. is a great guy, though. Um, 
he was he's yeah. a great guy, still a great guy. I love having him on the podcast, but like thankful if you're that guy, that overachieving guy, not going and trying to ruin the world, ruin the game of baseball because it doesn't fit your criteria right. of what you think it should be. Right. Right. Oh, and that's... I'll be honest with you though, with Fry is he and I would probably agree, and I think you would probably say the same thing, agree with some of what he's trying to do. Yes. There are some people in the baseball world that are just ripping people off. And I think that's his motivation. I but think he, it is too. He, he lumps everybody that's trying to run a business or trying to, you know, run services into that, into that bucket. Right. It's yeah. Like, if you give instruction, you're the devil. Yep. Yeah. You're ripping yeah. people off. Yeah. If, yep. if, He's actually made posts on that. Like, if you're getting instruction from guys, I mean, you're just wasting your money. You just need to go out there and have fun and just go play. Right. Sure. Dude, there's That's great. Sure. But there's 100,000 other kids out there that are getting private lessons. They're getting better. Right. No, yep. time, the game is involved. There's a whole island of them in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. Yeah. They're not, they're not getting anything, and they're getting better. You know. Right. Yeah. They just – I mean, I, I understand what he started going with, but well, like you said, yep. they have a bunch of their own followers that just everything he says is gospel. And yeah, the minions you know, out there. Yeah, those are the ones. I mean, we had a little group chat on Instagram um, shoot about six months ago that you know now instead of saying she gone, we call it she two thirty because everybody on that page batted two thirty and a ball or rookie ball. And, yep, or, or or whatever. It's like. There's like one or two guys out there that have pieces success, and everybody else is knocking the game. I'm like, guys, you did it your way, and you didn't do well. Like, who are you to come in here batting 219 in rookie ball to say that you're yep. just, you know, you know the answers to everything? And yep. so I just, I hate the resume cards are awful. Is that a field based thing? Is that a real base? Like, help me learn because everyone learns differently. And, and some people yeah, are yeah, wowed yeah. by the resume, and some people, uh, you know, uh, like Ryan Johansson uh, and myself, uh, you know, we, we had to learn it from smarter guys like, like you. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, I, you know, I don't think that he, and we can bridge the teacher man, and why I said Fry is the worst. I have no idea what Fry's position is on 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 hitting development. Because he doesn't. All. He doesn't. Talk I don't about know. It. Like I have no idea. Like I I I picked up Teacher Man early on, and I read Teacher Man's website. There were a couple very good articles on Teacher Man's website. Very good. That made sense. That that and I still think I still think there's a lot of things that he believes about hitting that are very good. You know, the implementation of it is, is no good. Like, you know, you, you can't, and you guys are the T guys, but like, you can't just put the ball on the tee all the time and just practice this swing. And then the ball starts flying at you and you just yep. do that. And it's right. like, you can't do that. Like that's no. not. And like, so I've been, I've been consulting with a, with a very good team. I'm not going to say they don't, I'm not going to say who it is or college team. And I went, I've been going and watching their hitters one time a week and, and just working with the coach on things that I think they can, they can implement in practice and do better. And they had a backspin tee, by the way. And, um, 
and a lot of it, you know, when I, when I'm talking to this guy about, you know, implementation of, of practice tasks, a lot of it is like teacher man stuff, but it's like, we're not going to, we're not going to cue these, these kids up. We're not going to, we're not going to like verbalize how I think they should swing. We're going to set up these tasks to, to get some of these qualities uh, that, you know, he talks about. At least I know where he's coming from. You know, unlike right. Fry, it's like Fry, I, again, I don't know what, I don't know what you are. You make fun of like drills on the internet, which is like funny, I guess. You know, there, there's some really bad ones that probably deserve to be made right. fun of. And that's funny, but like, and Caleb Abney and I talk about this. And, and Caleb and I have talked about this on this podcast. And Caleb rails on some stuff. And I'm like, and he agrees. He said, you know, I need to do, instead of railing on stuff all the time, I do need to do a better job on the internet of, of telling people what I do or what I am for versus just bagging on what I'm not about right, all the time. Right. And I, and I think Fry is one of those, it's like, okay, that's funny that, but why don't you give these coaches something some, of some value on yes. Twitter? You know, like there's nothing your minions laugh and ag you on and that's that's cool but like there's nothing of substance or value here and quite frankly you probably you probably know this too he probably doesn't have anything of substance or value he may not i'm the only thing i've ever seen him the only thing i've ever seen him talk about is just take your hands just straight down the wall yeah and that's it if that's if that's your instruction yep that's why are you bagging on everybody that I mean, to, to be honest, I've got a clip of him saying it. I mean, he still thinks swinging down it is considered launch angle or something. Like, he thinks it's part of the swing. You're right. Well, I mean, he's still so confused on the terminology nowadays that, I mean, the old school people that are, aren't up to date, they laugh about it because they're all on the same wavelength. They're all right. I said this, I've said this before, though, and I, told, I tell our parents this sometimes is you will, if you hang around in this world long enough, you would notice that the people that act like they have everything figured out, they all say the same thing. They all yep. say the exact same thing. Get your foot down early, straight to the ball. Blah, 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 yeah. blah. It's all the same thing. And they all act the same way. It's like there'll be another facility yeah. guy come into town, not here because no one lives here, but in East Tennessee, there's another facility opening up and it's like, Here's another guy that's going to regurgitate the same, like, and I, look, you came from this school. I came from here. I get it. Like, I know where it comes from. Yep. It's not accurate, but I know where it comes from because when I got out of pro ball, I said a lot of the same stuff. Like I did. Yes. And, you know, you live and you learn and you try to get better and you try to gather better information. And that's not all there is. But see, that's the thing is there's a very few guys like what you're talking about, like you did and I did, that once you get out of pro ball, and you, you know, you get knocked off your high horse. Like, hey, I went pro right. ball. I, I got released, whatever. I retired. You know, you're coming from the highest level. And you think, okay, I figured it out. I got to the highest level. Yep. I'm done learning. And there's very few that actually go, okay, let me, let me try and figure this out. And, I mean, if you, were, if you had the knowledge you have now when you played, how much better would you have been? Oh, I mean, tremendously. Unbelievably. I mean, just knowing how to fix problems that, that you ran into. And 
there's not that many guys that came from Cobol that want to keep learning. They just stopped and they want to say, hey, I, I was there. Here's my resume. This is what I did. This is what I felt like I was doing. This is what everybody should be doing. And it's like, well, that is a, you know, one, you don't know what you're talking about and you can't explain it. And two, it's so easy nowadays with all these clips and stuff to disprove people that, that you can just sit there and fire off a, oh, yeah, look at this. This guy's not coming straight down on it. No. Or, right. you know, whatever, you know, whatever there is, you're just like, wow, there's a lot, there's so much information out there that still to be learned. And there's very few people wanting to learn that. I mean, I, I, I bet we ran across maybe 10, a dozen people in, in the last 10 years that we ran across it. Like, at least they're, they're kind of in the middle. They, they, they know Jeff Fry is all about, hey, whatever he did in the 1980s, game hasn't changed. And then you've got right. the teacher man that, that's more what I call liberal, that's trying to do a new wave of stuff, but his yep. interpretation is just flawed. Yep. And then you've got very few people in the middle. I mean, uh, religion, politics, and baseball hitting is right. Alabama football. You're on one side or the other. Yep. Alabama football. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for sure. No, I think I think that's very accurate. I think that's very accurate about Teacher Man too. Um, I don't. I, I again, I haven't got. I've gotten back to Teacher Man a little bit because he's on TikTok. And he doesn't bother me on TikTok. And so it's not, and Fry was a guy too. If you don't bother me, don't, if you don't bother me, then I'm not going to wipe you out. Right. Like I, I didn't block Fry for a long time and then he bothered me. And it's like, you're out. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not dealing with this. Like I'm not, I'm not arguing with your, whatever it is you're doing. I'm not. And again, I think it makes you pretty popular online, but like, I don't care. This is not right. what I'm going to represent. I do not care. No. And I the, people that follow, the people that follow him just, I mean, they're so naive. They, they don't have the information. They just, okay, this, here's a big leader no. talking. Here's a big leader talking. I'm, everything he says is right. There's a right. misconception on that. I mean, it's right, and it's baseball's a funny place because, and, and I think we were going to talk a bit about youth baseball too. But the point of entry is so low, like so low, that to get in and like throw your jargon around is like there's like no there's not no gateway. You know, we talked about I talked to Di Filippo, and I talked to um, we talked to Connor Dawson about this a little bit. I think is at least like in the strength conditioning world, at least to, to get to the point of entry, there's some there's some general like accepted certifications to get you in. You know, there's still your uncle down the street that lived in weights 30 years ago passing along his his deal. But like, at least you know there's, there's like a separation point of like qualified people and not qualified people. Yeah. And it's like in baseball world, like there's no separation of that. It's like well, it's because the a lot of it's funny are Go qualified. Ahead. It's like a lot of guys that are are qualified. The A Rod and yep. some of these guys. Oh my God, they're putting up some of the best numbers ever. And then you hear ever. them talk, and you're like, you can't even explain what you were doing. So it just every the in, the general public just goes, wait, if this is the best in the world and he can't explain it, how what the hell's going on? What is wrong? I wish they would just represent it more in in 
this is how I did it. This is what I felt like. This may not be what you feel like or even should even try to do. You know, I sent a video of, of trout in the cage the other day. Uh, I think Peabody posted it. Wow. And, and it's like, this is Mike Trout. Yes. This is Mike Trout. You know, it's like the, this is, it's like the book on uh, the Daniel Coyle talent code. I think when one of the great musicians of our time died, I could be misrepresenting this in the book, but they, when they did like the autopsy and they, they cut his brain open, the myelin that surrounded his nerves, and it was like enormously, abnormally thick. And it's like, if you cut Mike Trout's brain open, you would see something that looked similar to that. Like yeah. his signal and pathways to hit from a from a neurological place. It's like comparing this iPhone I'm talking to you on <laughs> to like the stones that cavemen prescribed on. Right, right. Like that's the difference in him and you. And you're yeah. trying to say, if you just do what this human supercomputer does, you're going to get something similar. And it's like, uh-uh. It ain't happening, big guy. For whatever reason, and I don't know why. You know, I don't know why, and I, no one else does either. That's the thing. Fry can't sit out here and say he knows why. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. You know, you know, no. no one knows. I mean, you. I guess if you've got a neuroscientist to like study these people and give you like brain scan, brainwave scans, and all this other stuff that happen when you're hitting, mm-hmm. it's like maybe you would get a better answer. But it's like. No one knows really how or why these guys got this way. They are just, and I told Caleb this, I think maybe the greatest misunderstanding we have in this world is like people do not understand how good those guys are. But they have no idea. Like that guy is so, so far beyond like what you have the even potential to imagine yourself being. It's unbelievable. And, and with that, on the other side of that is how many, how, how often we see these coaches, players, and, and, and parents thinking that they can get closer to that right. by doing crazy made-up drills or stuff. stuff right. That makes their their filter is, is, is off. You know. Right. And and I think I've talked about this on this podcast with parents. You know, we can sit here and back on this, but like, where do you see the solution? Right. Where do you see the solution right. in parents? or people or coaches like coming to and educating themselves a little better to spot this thing. Like they don't spot BS very well. Right. And you know, they see and fries get fries part in a rod. Let's go higher than fry. A rod is part of the problem. Like when you start misrepresenting technology as a feedback tool or misrepresenting the language of technology, then why would anybody listen to me? Right. Why on earth would they listen to me? Like A-Rod, I think A-Rod, this is A-Rod, this, I was going to make this point a minute ago. I think A-Rod, when he says stupid stuff on the broadcast, like you need bunt here, or what I would have done here is hit a ground ball. No, you wouldn't have. You hit uh-huh. 660 homers, and I guarantee you every time you went up, you were trying to annihilate every ball you ever saw. 
And it's like, I think he just dumbs the game down and he talks to people as if it, it, this is how you would have played the game. You would have grounded out to second base. It's like, and he tries to represent it like that's what he would have done. It's like, no, it wouldn't have. I wish no. they, I wish A Rod and I, you know, I asked, I asked somebody this. I like to think that Glavin and Maddox call Smoltz after the broadcast and be like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> like, why are you so terrible? Like, they just make fun of him. Like, I like to think when Glavin and Maddox and Smoltz go golfing, Smoltz is probably a reasonably cool guy. Yeah. yeah. And I wish that we could just, like, Manning cast. Glavin, Maddox, and Smoltz, Manning cast the baseball games. And they just shoot the shit the whole time. Yeah. Like, right. that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, the thing that really both talk about two sides of the spectrum with, with Teach Man and Fry and, and being on polar opposites, and, and we understand why they clash. I mean, just because the way they're going about it, one guy has no experience, but right. can see what hitters are doing. Right. And you got another guy that has all the experience that can't see what hitters are doing. You can't explain right. that. So I mean, yeah, they're they're definitely polar opposites, but. Both ways to me are a little flawed because neither one of them seem to understand what timing is. Because if you understood timing, there's no reason to just take your hands from point A to point B as quick as you can. Right. Because if you understand timing, oh my gosh, you don't have to just throw your hands at it and just slap it around. Yeah, you know when to go and you can put all your weight into the ball. and, And I mean, the ultimate goal is to see how hard you can hit it. It's not just to touch the ball. And, right. and that, that seems to be their philosophy is, okay, just don't miss. Make sure I hit this. Strikeouts are the, are the devil. Right. And in their philosophy, I understand why they teach the way they do. But if they understood timing, they go, oh, my God, you know, I don't have to just be short and quick to it. I can I can build up some energy. I can kind of yep. – I can do whatever I want. That's why – a Rod's swing and Mike Trout's swing don't look the same because everybody is able to get to their point of contact on time, and then they, you know, they get into well, what if they throw Yanosky pitch? Well, that's where buying time comes in. You learn to stay right. Perceptual so, skills and buying time. Yes, yeah, that, that mid swing adjustments. Okay, I, I want to be there, but I got to buy a little time. But again, teacher man is also doesn't really seem to understand timing. He understands the mechanics of it. In my sure. So he, he can analyze video. He does a lot of Barry Bond stuff and Mike Trout stuff. Yep. You see that they're not going down to, or swing down. He can, he can actually see a lot of that stuff. But right. And where I think Teacher Man is very accurate is kind of where the barrel comes from. Yes. Right? He's not right. accurate. He's not always accurate in how every player is going to feel it which is why I stay away from like working with team fulls of college hitters. Like they're going to, they're not all going to feel it this way. And to try to push them into this, is not a good idea, but if I can get them to feel it their way and get their barrel to come from this place. Yes. That's all I really care so, about. Like that's, that's why it's that's, so individualistic to the hitter. Like how right. do you get there? I don't care. You just got to get there. You got to like, you'll, and, you'll create a greater window of time 
for early, late, if your barrel comes from here, that's where teacher man is right. He's a hundred percent right yes. in yes. where the barrel comes from and, and that window of contact, getting in yes. that window of contact very early, squaring the barrel early, and then staying in there. Right. Right. Which to the point which to your point is is now I've got a window of time that right. I can start to build yeah. adjustments. What adjustment doesn't get is shift your weight you can still go forward you can still attack the ball but he likes to right. be a little stationary with, with his right. launch quickness that right. he's came up with and it's like well you can still have launch quickness but know what timing is and when you see guys that have big long strides the donaldson's and and uh ichiro's and something like that be like okay in his world, he's like, well, they're not doing it effective. It's like, well, yes, they are. They're still doing the same movements. It just may not look the same as Barry Bonds. It, it, there's a different style to sure. it. Sure. But, but fundamentally, they're very much the same. Yeah, I've said yeah. this, I've said this on this podcast. There are one group of people, and you both know this world, I think. I know Taylor knows this world. I know Jared. I think Jared knows this world. There's one group of people on this world that get paid directly to rotate as fast as they can, and that is long drivers. And the long drivers, if they felt like they could hit the ball farther and and produce more speed by swinging off of one leg, that's what they would do because they would make more money by doing right. that. Right. They don't do that, no. right? They all shift their center of mass, and they all get to their lead leg, and they all block, and they all do right. these things. Right. That's the best way to rotate. Like yes. that's what they do in world long drive. They don't yes. hang back. No. And they, no. they they all shift into the middle. They all shift their center of mass and get into their yes. lead leg to put force into the ground. Oil. Yeah. Oil and I think, oh, you, you stay back, you lean back, right. whatever it may be. It's like, no, no. That, that's how much energy is, is happening. Right. Pulling yep. it back. You see it's those long drive guys like yep. smash their foot into the ground and they hit it so hard that it like throws them back because it's greater than their weight. You know, yes. they're putting so much force in the ground that it's greater than what they weigh. So when the ground pushes back, it's like they can't, they can't, they're not trying to do that. It's no, just, no. that's what happens. No. And, and just, I said, they just, you want to maximize how hard you're hitting the ball. Because I mean, that, that, sure. that's what plays now. The game has changed. I mean, this, this isn't the 70s and 80s where people were just like, I think okay. it's changed. I think it's changed the way we understand it, but I think it. I don't think it's changed in, like, the guys that hit the ball hardest. No, no, no. always been the best. But, right? I mean, say, say, like, a guy is hitting 300 in college. Yes. And he hits one, and he hits one home run. Yes. They're going to – your career is going to end in college. Yes. The game has changed in that way because pitchers have changed. Pitchers have changed. So, the they, game has had – the, game, the offensive game has, has had to respond with how good pitchers have gotten. Yes. You know, the college that I'm working with feels they can win the national title, but in order to win the national title, they're going to have to punch out 15 times and get three runs on two hits and win a ball right. game. Right. Like that's what they're going to have to do because against the best pitchers they're going to see – yeah, against the best pitchers they're going to see – they're not going to hit 300 with one homer and send up a bunch of people that are going to slap singles up there and score three runs. You're just not going to beat these people that way. No, you could no. in the day because you could get three or four hits in an inning. You could. Right. You right. can't do that now. 
Like oh, these oh, guys, these, these pitchers are too good. Yes, and you got these bullpen guys. You got guys like Trinan. You got guys like I always get that guy's name wrong for the Dodgers because I'm a hillbilly from the middle of nowhere. But <laughs> right, well, whatever his name is, the guy that strides about three feet and just kind of oh, yeah. looks like he's playing catch and throws a hundred. 103, yeah, just yeah. Catch. yeah. It's like, what planet do these guys come from? Like, I am yeah. so glad that I am not a hitter now. But again, right. you figure out how to respond to these things. And, and you know. Yeah, you got to adapt. We, the game changes, right. you got to adapt. And, and that's and why. the reason that hitting, I think the guys like Fry and the guys, I don't know. I think Teacher Man's maybe a slugging OPS guy, maybe. I don't know if he's gotten that far over him. Like, this is how you should swing. Right, yeah. but you know the value of the, the the batted ball, the extra base hits, the total bases in today's offense is way higher than it's ever been because pitchers are so good. I don't know why yes. that's so hard for people to to. Yeah, uh, I mean, you, like I said, you're not going to go get up the five six hits, hits an inning. You're going to uh-huh. get one or two, and you've got to nope. make it count. You've got to make it count, and and that's the 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 game is changing to that just because the pitchers are evolving and and the style of to. managing. Yeah, it has to. Yeah. The managing's and, and I don't. I'm not saying overall the pitchers are better because I mean I know that Nolan Ryan and, and sure. guys like that. Are these guys, play. yeah, but there's so many more of those guys. Yep. Every time you go up there, you're facing Nolan Ryan from the right side or Randy Johnson from the left side. Yeah. And it's like you're not running across the guys that just go 85 on the corner. Yep. They're, they're like, just not- like they get this far off the plate. Yeah. It's like the Levon Hernandez, that Eric Gregg no hitter that Levon Hernandez throws. Dude didn't throw a strike the whole game. No. Like he's calling strikes in the other batter's box. Yes. And guys are walking back, like, what is he what is he doing? Yes. That would never play now. Umpires no. are as bad as we bang on umpires now, but they're pretty good. Yeah. Like if you if you look at the umpire scorecards on like Twitter, they're pretty good considering they're what they're 90. having to call. And they're not calling the ball eight inches off the plate that Maddox got for a whole career. Yes. You know, if Maddox was forced the ball to throw the ball in the zone against these guys, I'm not saying he would he would, but he I don't think he would get away with 88 with movement because Blake Trinan has a hundred with movement with the same with the same stuff that Maddox yes. has. But it's hundred. Yes. Right. But he's got to throw it he's got to throw it over that plate. And he's got to throw it in the zone. Yes. You can't – those guys then weren't – Glavin didn't throw the ball in the zone. No. No. Are you a proponent of the K-Zone or not? What would you say? Sorry. Are you a proponent of the electronic K-Zone? Oh, yeah. Right. If they had K-Zone, <laughs> then it would be like the dot over here in the back. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what on earth? They're actually, uh, they're but Fry. Oh, yeah. Okay. But yeah, that's I mean that's kind of where what we deal with on a daily basis, just being a product out there. And really, as a, in the product world, we don't really care what kind of hitting you have, teacher man, fry, whatever. Sure. I mean, you know, doesn't, that doesn't that doesn't bother us. But the problem is we get we get it from both ends. Yep. We're stuck in the middle. We're getting it from the right. We're getting it from the left. And you know, you guys don't know what you're talking about because you shifted your weight forward. Teacher man, and then you got Jeff Fry go, well, I can't see the top of the ball, so how am I going to hit it? Right. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Just, I guess, beat it in yeah. the ground. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, the yeah, ground, that, big guy. 
Well, we get it from both ends every day on our social media platforms that just, yeah, and the minions that come after us and, you know, you get, oh, I'm the next big leader. Okay, that's great. I've never heard of you before. And you get 212 and, yep. you know, 200 at bats. You know, good for you. I, I'm glad yep. you got the resume, but you didn't succeed at that level. You know, there, there's so many guys that are like, hey, I got to the big leagues. And I'm like, you know what? I respect that. That is awesome. Yep. You're, you're, you're by far away better than I've ever was, and 99.9% of everybody else out there. But you didn't succeed at that level either. And, and just because you have the card, you have it on your resume, doesn't mean that you have figured everything out. And so I, I, I can't remember who it was the other day. It was Alex Wood that came out with a tweet. It's like some of the best coaches I've ever been around never made it to the big leagues. And some of the big league coaches that I played for shouldn't be there. And so, I mean, I thought it was, sure. a good little, it was a good little tweet that he's like, you know, a lot of the time these guys are in the position because of the of how they played or what level they got to on the resume, not the knowledge of it. Yep. And so. And it, what I find interesting about, this is why I like you all. This is why I like the people that I like. It's not, it's not the pride in being right. It is the curiosity of asking a different question. Could be right, it could be wrong, but let's ask a different question. That's why I like you guys. That's why I've always liked you guys. You know, I, I don't even go to the point of like, I agree or disagree. It's like, that's just an interesting way to ask that question. Like, that's Absolutely. just an interesting way to view that question. You know, whether it's right or whether it's wrong, we'll find out. And we have enough technology now with bat sensors and mm-hmm. hit tracks, rap soto, batted ball outcomes. We've got K-Best in 40 motion. Hack motion is a great tool. Like we've got enough stuff now to like ask questions in a different way and see if we're getting, again, does the bat come from here? However you want to feel that, like I don't really care. Right. You know, are right. you producing speed? Okay, great. Can you produce more speed? Let's ask a different question, right? I wish I had force plates. That way we could really go on like lead leg blocking and lead leg right. stuff. but. I'm pretty confident in watching long drivers that like in yep. golfers and like all rotational athletes, pitchers too. It's like if, if this was the best way, pitchers would like hang back too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? And they don't either. No. And in fact, I don't know a sport out there that you hang your weight back. I mean, you throw a frisbee, you shift it to the, you shift it. Right. It, it, you know, your weight, you bowlers, golfers. I mean, and I like soccer. to go and and I like to go and like watch people that have the equipment. Tommy Johnson's got force plates. Uh, mm-hmm. Driveline's got them. They're getting ready to do the launch pad stuff. I mean, they're going to put it out there. They're going to yeah. put the information out there. Now, again, it's not our battle, our battle, my battle, your battle, Taylor's battle. It's not whether or not we think they're right. It's like how do people that have these – and a lot of them are just not going to change. I'm not worried about convincing Fry anything. I don't. I punted fry. Like, I'm not convincing you to nothing. I don't care what you think. But like, there are people out there that like. If I could convince you of something, I would convince you to like, just question what you're doing all the time. Right. You know, I the parents that come to us, and one of the dads, he's great. He always said when he's getting ready to ask a question of me about what we're doing or why we're doing it, he always prefaces with. This may be a dumb question, but and I don't care. I'm asking it anyway. I'm like, fire away, man. Yes. Like, 
half the questions I've asked in my life probably more dumb. But it's right. like if you don't ask the question, then you don't get closer to an answer. I won't even say the answer. I just yeah. say it like an answer. Right. And then you yeah. continue to dig and ask the question of it. Well, and then that's true. That, of people, that's true of people in all areas of life. If we learned, we, right. we learned anything during COVID, anything. We don't have the ability to think in the gray. No, it's either got to be black or it's got to be white. And if the answer isn't either or, if you got vaccinated or you didn't get vaccinated, it's like, I mean, there's probably some gray in here somewhere that we can probably so? arrive at a reasonable answer on both ends. Then you know, whatever you probably whatever answer that question. Ask a question, whatever answer you get to could lead to another question. Yep. And, and a different answer. And you just keep going down the rabbit hole. That's why I think, and again, we could talk about your tea. That's why I think your tea is awesome. You know, no, because, no, you don't like teas, Chad. You, know, <laughs> I've seen you your ask Twitter. a different question. Like you ask a different question. I did this interview with Casey Fisk and Casey and I, and the reason that I you that I have used your tea through the years is like and Casey used this too. I've never been a guy who's just put a ball in there and took a swing. But, like, you can do some weird he – like, he said, I like to do weirder drills on a tee that you just wouldn't do on a flip or a moving pitch. And I'm totally cool with that. Like, if you've got right. weird things that you like to do off the tee to create feel or to create this or to create that, do that. That's why I love your tee because it gets the athlete completely out of the frame of mind of just right. here's the ball, here's the tee, just whack it. You know, because, right. again, we go back into the neurological piece of this. It's like your body probably already – you've probably, by the time you come to me, your body probably already has a neurological response to a ball sitting on a tee. Let's yeah. give it a different stimulus right? to create right. something different. Isn't it amazing you put someone on, not just RT, but any of that, that yeah. drill that, that gets them out of their element? You'll see yeah. good hitters miss just yep. ten swings to figure it out like, damn, took you yep. a to figure it out and i can't argue with people with this on twitter because it's hard in that medium to relay a message of like the reason that i like that i've used the backspin tea through the years and the reason that i that i if you've got to use a tea use this one is because it isn't it is in it of itself an external constraint it does elicit a different mentality I mean, people just watch people look at that tee, and it's like, right. And it's like right. that's what I, that's the look I'm looking for. Like this is a different problem than you need to solve. Us, when we first made it, oh, and we went to go out and hit off of it. We're like, Dude, this is different. It's 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 playing with my eyes. It's neurologically different. Yeah, like oh my gosh. I mean, and like I said, we're the inventors of it, and going, and I don't know. And then once you start hitting off of it, it's like. Wow, if I can do that, if I can do that, to me, I mean, it's going to make hitting a, a moving ball not easy, but easier. Right, right. Because you know, if I can, if I can line everything up, and I, if I can get, if I can get to hitting that part of the ball when I want to, now I'm taking all those ground balls I hit my career, crushed one hoppers to the, to the yep. shortstop, and put them in the gap. Right, and this goes to this point. This kind of goes to the theme of what we're talking about is. How do you get the people – why do we have such a hard time collectively – and I've asked several people this question on this podcast – of agreeing on what the underlying principles are. You and I both agree, Heating Ball Heart is good. 
you and I yeah. both agree the ball in the air is good. Yeah. From there, it's like you would watch my hitters and be like, huh, guy hits that ball really hard in the air pull side. Must be doing something right. I don't really care what it is. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Why do we have such a hard time agreeing? You know, I think in order to move the, the, the industry forward, we have to come to some sort of agreement on what the principles are. And it's yes. like we can't agree upon what the principles are. Like the underlying foundational principles of what this thing requires us to do. You know, I argue with people on Twitter about representing the game correctly. Like, at least in practice, and again, if you want to use the team, fine, but at some point you have to represent the game correctly. You have to connect with the demands of what the game offers you. Right. And then what what happens then? You know, what happens then? And we just have – why do we have such a hard time? It's not hard. Points, it's not man. hard to understand or figure out. Yeah. Yeah, just – there's just so many people out there that, yeah, they have their own opinions on what it should be or what the perfect swing Right, should be. It's like, golly, guys. I mean, I can show you videos of Mike Trout taking five different swings because the ball's in a different location or a different speed, yep. or you know, he's he's having to adjust a little bit on, on the curveball or have a little bit more yep. tilt or whatever. It's like, you know, you cannot just you can't just go out there and take the same swing every time and have success. You right. know, the, 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 right. the fundamental principles, like you said, are there, but you're gonna make some mid-swing adjustments so you just go holy crap, that ball's doing something different. My swing's going to have to adjust. And there's just not many people out there that, that believe in that. They just think, well, just take your hands to the ball. Well, right. I mean, they're fixated. They're fixated on these things that, like, this is anecdotal at best. Like, this isn't – like, if, if I gave you 100 hitters, I mean, all 100 of them need to hit the ball hard. All 100 yeah. of them need to hit the ball in the air. All 100 of them need to be challenged in time and space. All hundred of them need to be challenged to make ball flight adjustments. You're going to pigeonhole all hundred one, all hundred of these people into this one thing and think all hundred of them are going to, it's going to turn out for all of them. But then that guy immediately goes to, well, you just didn't have it. And I am not right. bagging on anyone's kids. Not. What do you say? <laughs> so are you talking about high school coaches again? In Oklahoma? Well, anyway, right. But I'm, this is not me bagging on anyone's child, okay? But Teacher Man's kid couldn't hit. Yeah. Which and Teacher Man can't. But and I've made I don't know that I've made this point publicly. But if you watch Teacher Man's videos, his swing is pretty good. Like he I mean, swings like bat. Stuff. Pretty he himself at sixty years old. Like dude, you swing the bat pretty good. Yeah. But you are example number one of why swinging the bat pretty good is not a hitter. Like, if right. we put you on a mound with a guy no trying chance. to carve you up, you can't hit. No. Like, your swing looks good off that tee, and you're doing what you're talking about. In the perfect world. And then if and if it was perfect, we would put a guy on here, and you would just absolutely annihilate him, and you wouldn't. And your right. kid didn't either. Which right. goes to the point, it's like, it's just not you're, – you're spending an inordinate amount of time on something that is fractionally important. At best. Right. Right? The ability to buy time and space, the ability to adjust, the ability to produce speed, the ability to accelerate. All these underlying principles are, like, way more important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, there's only a few people out there that I think really that we've talked to or that you've ran across that understand that. 
For sure. There, there's way more in the minority that go, listen, yeah, would you, would you like to would like to get to the big leagues and have that resume and be able to tell you what you can do? But then you got the other guys that have no resume. They can see it. They just can't perform it. But it's always one way or the other. There's never the ones in between. You know, and I don't know if it's going to take some ex-big leaguer that has the resume to come out and go, no, this is what I was really doing. This is how I was right. able to generate more bat speed, more exit speed, smash back, whatever you want to call it. Because right. if I didn't know what was really going on, I couldn't have had success. But we haven't had somebody come out actually do that just yet. And I don't know if that's a couple of years down the road or decades down the road. But you would I mean, take somebody. You would take somebody. Dice. Again, you look. We can flip the flip on the other side of the of the ball, on the pitching side. Trevor Bauer wins the Cy Young, and this is what this is what this is what I'm angry in two ways, and I'm not condoning what either one of these people did, but by the Astros getting busted for cheating, and by Trevor Bauer getting in trouble for what he's in trouble for, people are now gonna just sweep the conversation that you could have aside on how they got how the Astros built what they built and how Trevor got to where he got because of things that don't have to do with this. Right. right? And I, my point is I think it would take some but Trevor Trevor wins the Cy Young, but people still aren't tremendously interested in how he became what he became. Because and and I was going to make the point it would take somebody like Trevor on the hitting side that accurate Trevor accurately talks about motor learning. Trevor accurately talks about skill acquisition. Trevor accurately talks about the, the the training and physical components of pitching. There's not a hitter that does that. There's not a hitter that accurately talks about motor learning. There's not a hitter that accurately accurately talks about skill acquisition. And Jared, did you hit or pitch? You pitched, right? I I I hit in college and then I pitched in pro ball. Like so, I think what it would take. And I don't know that it. I don't know that we ever get to this. Is and I've said this, and I talked to a PGA pro about this one time. I said, "How did it? How did the? How did the? How did it happen in golf? Like, how did how did the transition between the old head guys? I don't need a track man, man. I don't need. I don't need that launch monitor. I got my eyeballs, and I got this club, and I can square the face. How did it transition from that to you go to a tournament now?" And Tiger Woods, who's the greatest person to ever live, has a track man down on the end right. of the range. And this guy, his name's Doug Dvorak. He said, you know, what happened was, you know, Doug? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Doug says, what happened was there's only 150 tour cards. He said, when guys on the out, outlier, outskirts that weren't good enough started taking the tour cards of the guys that were good enough. The guys that were good enough said, wait a minute, like you're not taking my tour card. And they start looking at what these guys are doing. It's like, oh, okay, I get it now. And they start doing what they're doing. Well, this kind of funnels up and they start passing guys that are at the top. Guys are at the top say, wait a minute. The guy was like 75th on the tour two months or, you know, last year. And now he's 10th. What happened? They start looking at his practice habits. It's like, huh. And then before long gets to the top, and when Tiger Woods starts doing it, it's over. Everybody's right. doing it. Right. What has to happen in baseball, and I think it starts happening, I think where it's going to start happening is in college. 
because it's not going to start happening at the top because you know this about the minor league system. The guy that goes in the 30th round as a hitter is not getting the, not getting the same shot as no. the guy that goes in the third round or the first round. No. He's not, no, it's, he's it's, not it's, getting it, the same shot. Yeah, so it, I don't it, know it, if he ever gets a chance to take this guy's position where right. this guy – because it's got to get to the top. You know, if Mike Trout represents these things correctly, then it's over. Everybody's doing it. Yeah. Yeah, you need right, a Mookie Betts. You need a, yeah, you need a, you need a young guy that's going to be around it for years and have success for years. Yep. To, to endorse the mindset of this. Right. Technolo- technology's not the enemy. It's not. It, it, it get, the misinterpretation of technology is right. the enemy. But it's right. it, it, this. This is all. This is is reading what we're doing and giving us feedback. Yep. It's just a feedback use, tool. Yeah, and I'm going to use that to have success. But until somebody, like you said, at the, at the top really comes down, it may take two or three guys to, to really Maybe. get out there and do it and go, shoot, yeah, that, that's I, – I have my own feels, my own feels, but I've got to know what the real is so I can make my adjustments. Right. And I think you know, the technology – Yep, the technology, it's true in golf. And Mark Spencer, who worked for Nike, would tell you that too. It's true in golf. Technology just illuminates – what your feel is like can that feel work like if it does x y and z if your swing does x y and z then there's still holes in the technology in baseball that they don't have in golf right right? the the track man in golf's better than than anything we have in technology affordable in golf yeah get their hands on Uh, yeah not 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 speaking ill of the baseball thought of just just it's not there yet you you, you know you're not going to run into 500 kids and 500 track man in golf, you're going to run into 500 golfers. You are like every golfer that's that is serious. I mean, we went. I went. To, I've been to the Masters twice. You know, the amateurs, the am, the ams, who are not getting paid. You know, whose family probably has means, but they're carrying track men. They're carrying a track man out there on the range. Yep. You know, it's like you, we've gotten past golf of this one swing mentality. And Mark tells great stories. You guys know golfers who tell great stories about the transition of golf where these one swing cowboys like fought against track man forever. And it's like, eventually the tide just becomes too much. And it's like the one swing cowboys no more because people figure out like there's way more ways to do this. And this track man's just going to tell me if what I am do, what I am feeling or doing can work, can give me an opportunity to get out of my own way and compete. And really, as instructors and coaches, that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to get players out of their own way so that when the game, and I've said this before, Allen Iverson, the actual game that matters, not practice, you can compete. You can get out of your own way, get in a frame of mind, because that guy on the mound is trying to get you out. Right. Your job is to not get out. Your job is not to swing the bat a particular way. Your job is to not get out. It's yeah. like when the kids that I've been that I have now have been around me long enough. It's like some days when I throw the BP, which is not every time. Like yesterday, I threw 15 balls to kids, and we hit 150, and I threw 15 of them. Yeah. Like we dialed up the two plate, we dialed up the curveball fastball machine. Mm-hmm. But when they complain about the way that I'm throwing the ball, and sometimes I'll throw good to them, sometimes I'll try to dice them up. Like, I'll try to move the ball around. They're like, why did you throw me something I can hit? I'm like, that's not my job. 
And that's not the pitcher's job either. No. The job is not for them to like throw you something you can hit. The job is for you to hit what they throw. Yeah, you got to adjust. That's your job. Yeah, that's your job, not mine. Yeah. I'm gonna throw it everywhere. <laughs> and so, I, we're uh, not to. We're not even to that principle. We're not even no. to that practice principle. <laughs> so my question is, with the technology, really, in the last what do you say, 10, 12 years, I mean, the technology has just boomed. The the, the resources we have now of, of hit tracks. Rapsodo, yep. the, the, the sensors, the, the KVS, and all the analytics and stuff. I mean, 10, 12 years, that's a very short timeline, really, for we're talking about these players that haven't had, a, they haven't grown up with it, a lot of these right. players. You know, they, they started when they were in college, finally getting off a, um, a, with a sensor, a bat sensor, or whatever, or these pro guys that just get acclimated to it. No, to me, there's got to be a learning curve because they're still trying to figure it out. The technology is still trying to fill in all the all the blanks. So to me, all the okay strikeouts are up and all this other stuff. We talked about that being the hitters. Or, uh, I'm sorry, uh, hitters having trouble adjusting the pitchers. But also, I think it's hitters still haven't learned how to take all that information that we're right. getting and learn how to perfect it yet. You know, because they're still new to it. I mean, or five years of, of working with it is a small amount of time. Yep. I mean, you know, we I, I think in the next 10, 15 years when these kids that have grown up hitting off a hit hit track since they were five, six years old, that's just part of their game. That's how they're gonna be yep. efficient. And so I think there's gonna be a resurgence in, in, in the in the hitting aspect. But right now we're we're struggling because the pitching's way more advanced than the hitting. That they right. they have the upper hand. And right. And I think what they're gonna do, and it's not it's not the hit tracks per se, or it's not the the bat sensor per se, but it's it's the freedom and the ability for with those tools. And we talked about this to ask a better question. Yes, you know they're going to get to these college programs and they're going to have gotten this feedback, and they're going to have explored curiously, you know, how they move or what bad ball outcomes they're creating, and then they're going to go to a college. And they're not going to have the same freedom. You know, they're not going to accept this pigeonholed idea. They're not, you know, and it's happening some in college now. Yes, it's, it is. It's starting to happen now where, where they've gone through their formative teenage years with this, with this. But again, you know, you're in this industry, the private sector. I'm in this industry in the private sector, you know, training people. We go into a whole nother layer of, of coaches haven't arrived at this yes at this questioning of their own ideas yet either and i don't i and i've said this and i and i know you feel this way too is you can have you i openly you know try to put out as much of my ideas as i can based on the information and the technology that i have because a lot of people don't have it so just right. copy my work like, right. like copy it it's fine Yes. Don't let your pride and ego not copy what I'm doing, because I can tell you, you know, with most of the stuff that I've put out, if you copied just I like last year during COVID, I put out like just a hit at home bat speed program that had uh, med ball work. Um, it had some swing speed work. It had some backspin T work in it. Like if you just took that framework and just duplicated that over days, you would improve bat speed and exit velocity. Right. Whether you had nothing to measure it with, your guys would start hitting the ball 
farther and you'd see it. Right. But, but it's right. like, I don't want to, somebody asked me about the spinner. They're like, and you guys copyrighted, it had the patents on the backspin tee. And somebody said, you patented the spinner. I'm like, no, because I'm not worried about anybody in baseball copying me because the pride and ego here is right. just too high. Like you probably could have never patented the backspin tee. No one would have copied it because it's like, I can do it better than that. And it's like, okay, why Whatever. try to do it better when this is awesome? It's, when it comes well, it, to ideas, the reason I'm saying this is yeah. when it comes to ideas as a high school coach or travel ball coach who has no information, it's that there are guys that have information that that put stuff out that works for them. And they have a reason why they put it out. Just copy it. Just implement it and copy it. So is that is that what you think it's gonna take? Is the coaches either being more informed or being, I don't know, replaced, if you want to call it that way, with these newer, younger coaches that have right. these ideas. I mean, right. if that's the case, you're, you're looking at another 20, 25 years before some of these guys are going to retire or, or whatever. Yeah. And these, these, these up-and-coming guys that are adhering to the change of the game actually understand what's right. going on. And they're not scared of it. They understand it. That's I why think, I, and I, what's Right. It's what's been important for me in my business in the last two to two years probably is I have a I have a small group of individuals that are like 13 and up and then I will not train anyone 12 and under unless your coach and your whole team is here. If your coach and your whole team want to come and you want to get involved in a team training and I can educate your coach on what we're doing, why we're doing it, he can see the feedback and he can see the the the, the graph of improvement over time. Educating, getting in that world like that, and then you get parents who, who, because the people that I train individually and try to educate the parents, they try to reason with the coach, and the coach is not hearing. Like, it doesn't matter how much information they have, the coach is not hearing it. But if you can get them all on the same floor at one time when they're young, and they are all having, they're all seeing the information that we're collecting. And again, you can put the information in front of them in that setting. And people are still not going to see the value and importance of it. You know, it's still, it still blows people's mind in what I do mm-hmm. when they bring their kid to me and they, or they, the team comes, the team comes and the team's not very good. The coach says, you know, I'd like for X, Y, and Z to happen next year. And it's like, okay, you know, what we're going to have to do is like increase your team X average exit velocity by like 10 miles an hour. And he's like, okay. Mm-hmm. So we go through this. And they all say after the next season where all their offensive stats are better, they all say, you know, I, I wasn't for sure if that was going to work or not. But, man, holy crap, were we better this year. It's like I didn't singularly teach one kid how to swing. It's just we took the body of work and increased the, the, the foundational principles of speed and power and, right, and playing and adjustability and, yeah. like, your offensive stats were better. You know, and then they'll send me their game changer stats at the end of the year. Yep. Blindly. This is what I asked the team. I said, cover the names, send me the stats. Yep. And I will put the names next to the stats based upon their NGM data and tracking. And pretty much year over year, I'm like, 90, yeah. I'm like 90%. And like just taking the exit velocity, just taking the hard hit averages, ranking those and then putting the names next to the stats that happen on the field, 
you'll mix five and six up. You know, you'll mix up one or two at the bottom. But never am I mess one up for like eight, ever. It's never happened. And it's like all these principles matter a lot. Yeah. And that's yep. what we're talking about. That's what that's your position. I think that's my position. And people just need to understand what the principles are. We're chasing. We end up. It's like a dog chasing its tail on the internet. Yep. Right? It's just the dog yeah, constantly talking. chasing its tail. And it's mm-hmm. funny. It's funny because people that they say, and, and you're not these people, but people say like, "Teacher man is stupid," but then they go over here. And I can name names and I'm not going to. But then they go over here and they argue their stick. Like their stick is somehow better than this stick. It's like you're still, you're two sides of the same coin, guys. You're on the same coin. Like you're not, you're not talking from a principal's perspective. Right. Um, yeah, have you ever asked, a, back to asking questions, not being afraid to ask questions. Have you ever put a, a right. question or a post out there and it was, that you thought just caught the, the masses so off guard on your on your pages that you ever had to delete it? Or maybe they weren't ready for it? Yeah, because... a, a couple times. A couple no. times. I end up blocking those people eventually. And like, yeah, I've done that a couple times because you'll put it out there and, and you say, and this, you guys are much more prevalent on Facebook. Like I am not on Facebook. Like the world on Facebook is, I can't do it. I can't. That's I can't what I do think it. about Twitter. <laughs> like I can't do this. Like this is so bad. But yeah, you know, you, you put stuff out there sometimes, and it just turns into something. It's like this is just a mud slinging contest. And I want this was not the point of what I was trying to do. Yeah, and some of our best posts that we've had. Like okay, this is gonna be awesome. This is got this is gonna get some uh, conversation started. This is gonna kind of open yep. minds. And like we'll have ten comments. Yeah, like holy cow! But then we'll put something else no, out there no. that's just you know awful. It's like okay, let's let's just kind of test the water and see what this is. And we we may do a drill or or put up a video, just a video picture or something, and put a little caption, and it'll get like five hundred comments. Of people not, you know, yep. all arguing the same stuff. I'm like, how did that induce some kind of conversation and this other one didn't? Is I think yep. what we've talked about is just the, the knowledge of, of people. Just a lot of times when they don't know how to handle it, they just ignore it or just move on. They're just like, they just I don't start slinging. That. Yes. Yeah. They just start slinging grenades overhanded. <laughs> you know, they're just lobbing grenades out of the bunker. It's like, I don't <laughs> want to hear this. Yes. Uh, it's funny because. I've gotten, I've tried to make, I you know, bat reviews on YouTube. I don't care about bats. It's just a, a non, it's, it's just a non-intrusive way to talk about hitting and represent technology. That's why I'm doing it, yeah. you know. But I thought, because you know how the YouTube algorithm works. If you get a lot of comments, it shows some more people. And then your channel grows. And I thought hitting, me hitting on YouTube is going to be perfect. I'm going to get tons of people that are just going to trash my swing and it's going to be awesome for me because it's going to grow my channel big and like no one has trashed my swing it's been the most shocking thing ever like i don't swing good like i've got 38 year old man thoracic spine my left hip is ruined so i don't rotate very well 
And it's like, why is people not just ripping me apart? Maybe it's because I can still hit the ball like 95, 90, 95, yeah. maybe. But like, I was expecting way more like, yes. your swing's terrible. It sucks. You know, because I put the machine on like 60 miles an hour at 50-ish feet, so it's pretty hard. Okay. I swing and miss openly on there a lot. And it's like, uh-huh. no, why is people not trashing me here? Like, I was right. hoping I could come here and I could get these comments going. My channel was going to get I enjoy making the video so I continue to do it. That wasn't the number one goal. I think that's what you got to do on social media. Why do you make energy drink reviews, Chad? Because it's fun. Like, I like to do it. It's just something on the internet that's not arguing about mechanics or whatever all the time. You know, you know, I like to have the I like to have the fun arguments on Twitter, like what's the worst Halloween candy? Like yeah. I like like what's the best movie, baseball movie of all time? Like I like those conversations. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather have these tongue-in-cheek arguments than these stupid arguments about, you know, fry or teach where we started the conversation. Teach man. Like this is pointless. This is so pointless. This is such a waste of time. <laughs> We, we put a few videos out there. Oh, now without without Yeah, we had to take it down. Yeah. You're like, you can't do that. You're ruining the game. It's like, dude, we're just testing stuff out. We, we, were, we, were, we had a hypothesis. Yeah, they Test throw that out. out there a lot. Yeah. Like, like, like you or I or them have any power to ruin the game. Like, right. Like, I have the power to ruin the game of baseball that's been around. I've got newsflash for you guys. It'll be around long after I'm gone, and it'll be yeah. around long after you're gone. I hope if I have one idea in this world that in 100 years has made the game fractionally 1% of 1% of 1% of 1% better, great. Right. I'm not going to ruin the game. No one's. No one can ruin the game. It's no like. Game. It's like it, we go back to the politics thing. Like no one guy can ruin this country. They don't have that kind of power. Like that's not how this thing was built. You know, we built this thing so that didn't happen. Yes. You know, baseball is built. No one can ruin the game. Like no one can ruin. It. No. Uh, no a collective group of people large enough could maybe ruin it but like that would take a lot right that would take a whole lot you, you need half the half the team's ground to be the astros or it's hey we got you got caught cheating and everybody's doing it and everybody's using steroids and it's all bullshit you know that 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 yeah. is that that would maybe ruin the game but if pete rose and barry bonds and Mark mcguire and all these guys didn't ruin it not one person's it's so funny to this point to that point about those guys, those steroid guys, people hated A-Rod. You guys yeah. remember this? Yes. Yeah. You got you lied. You got suspended twice. People hated A-Rod. I think A-Rod's whole stick is he's trying to get in the Hall of Fame. That's all I think he's trying to do. I think he's trying to be likable on TV so he gets voted into the Hall of Fame. That's it. I, I don't think he cares one iota about baseball. Not one. I think A-Rod – like it's the picture of A-Rod in the mirror that he's like kissing himself. Yeah. A-Rod likes A-Rod. A-Rod is on TV. 
be trying to be likable to the to the writers. He's trying to to pander to the writers so they vote him in the Hall of Fame because he knows otherwise he has no shot. No, he has no chance. You guys hated him. I, you guys hated him maybe more than you hated Barry Bonds, and they hated Barry Bonds. Yeah, they but hated Barry Bonds, but I hated John Lampros. John Lampros, who who named his business Two Five Baseball after Barry Bonds, makes the point about the writers. He said, "You're the same people that voted Barry Bonds as seven MVPs." It's like you voted him seven MVPs, but you won't vote him into the Hall of Fame. Which one is it? Right. Yeah. You know, amazing. That's baseball, though. That's baseball in a nutshell, yeah. right there. That's baseball yep. in a – what time my, – my Fitbit broke. What time is it? How long have we been going? I don't have any clock. I'm on my phone. I don't even know what time it is. What's your – we've covered White Monster. What else you got? Anything else? Um, how, hey. Just the average kid. How – how your, your experience, do you – have probably more lessons than anybody in Oklahoma. <laughs> um, what are the struggles you see kids trying to get into this technology and, and their pros and cons to it, what they should be doing? Well, it just there's always like when you're working privately with a kid, I mean you can you can kind of slow it down, you can kind of set the scene, you can work on certain things, and they get real comfortable. They get comfortable with you as an instructor, they get comfortable with you. Uh, with with the process, and you know, I can go out there and throw. He says sixty miles an hour from fifty feet to a kid that's seven, eight years old, and I have kids that go out there and just barrel every ball up, hit it hard, good line yep. drives. But then they go in the game, and the parents are like, "Well, he's just not doing it in the game." And that disconnect from yep. the comfort. They're not over analyzing a lot of things. They're 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 just out there doing the process to go into the game where. They get tight. They get nervous. There's fear. They they they're trying to overdo things, and it's just and, and they they take a different approach to it instead of just hey I, I expect a strike like yeah, I do in my practice and I'm gonna go hit it hard. They go into okay make sure it's a strike, and then hopefully I don't miss. And, yep. and that's that's really the biggest. We talk about youth is they will slow down their swing to to make sure they don't get yelled at by their coach or their parents on the way home or. You know, why did you strike out? They haven't learned that. If you just take that mentality, we work on every single week or every day in here of just cut it loose, know your timing, know when to go. You, you just go attack it. And the goal is just to see how hard you can hit it. And that's when you're your best. And they just don't take that to the games. They, they, they hold back a little bit. They get defensive. They, they change their strategy from being aggressive to being defensive. They don't realize when they're hitting their own offense. I think to that point, you know, and I'll make this point about my own children. My own children are the first people that I've ever trained privately, not at the public school. And even at the public school, when I was coaching at the public school, I can't control the conversations that you were having. I can control, I could then control the conversations that you're having in the dugout. But in this world, I can't control the conversations you're having in the dugout. And I certainly can't control conversations you're having in the car ride on the way home, which collectively I think we understand and agree are detrimental to players' development. Yeah. My own children, it's funny. My own, I can talk about my own children because I, I can kind of control the car ride home, you know, and, and we have this this kind of this, this structure that once the game's over, I don't bring it up. 
We don't talk about it unless they talk about it. You know, and just try to leave it alone. Good, bad, or indifferent. We try to we have we have ice cream after the game. That's kind of our thing. So my son, this is first year playing. We could go into why, but this is kind of his first year playing. And I've never in my in our time like made him conscious about swinging and missing, made him conscious about striking out. It's never a conversation we've even had. You go up there, you get three swings, make them worth it. So he goes, he starts in like March. He gets to like May in coach pitch and hasn't struck out. They don't strike out a lot, but you'll get one every now and again. In May, he strikes out. And I'm far down the left field line. Like, I don't want to talk to – I don't want – because you get caught at the game. So, can I ask you a question? I'm like, sure. I I probably can't give you the answer. You look for him, sure. So, I – he strikes out in the game. I do the same thing every game. I walk down close to the dugout. He's getting his bag ready. I always say, hey, man, that was really awesome. Loved watching you play. You know, dap him up, whatever. You know, try to get him going because they didn't win much. So I was just trying to, like, positively reinforce the experience and fun and friendship and, you know, getting to play baseball and all these things. Before I get a word out of my mouth, he says, I struck out. I'm like, buddy, I have told you I don't care. Like, I couldn't care less that you struck out. But (laughs) – you know, and you, this goes to the point. You've got to be careful as coaches, especially around young people, in the words that you say. Because if you say, hey, and his coach did this, he didn't do it on purpose, it wasn't a bad thing that he meant right. badly. But he said, hey, no strikeouts today. Mm-hmm. And so they start to model their idea on strike one. And I tell this to kids in our case, like he didn't strike out. But it's like, that's not good. Because I could go in there on strike one and be like, and it just – and and not I didn't strike out, but it's like I didn't do Hello. anything. You I did nothing. Out. Congratulations, you didn't strike out. What was the difference in what you did? And you're both sitting in the dugout. If we could have like morphed you into two people, you're both sitting in the dugout. I would have rather you sat in the dugout, taking three of your best, most aggressive, hardest, fastest swings, trying to the ball as far as you can, versus what you just did. And again, you have to. And it's hard. It's hard as a coach. It's hard as a parent to like watch the things that you say because they take them as gospel. And you did not mean, my son's coach did not mean for them to, to do that. But like when you say, hey, let's not have any strikeouts today, you made it important. You know, and it's like, I know what you're saying and I know what you're trying to do and I am guilty of it too. My daughter at the end of her seasons was having – was. She couldn't find the ball. It was the hardest thing to watch, but it, I, I bit my tongue. Because I'm not, I'm not going to make this a big deal. I'm not going to prioritize this thing. She's young. She's, young, she's learning. These things are going to happen. We just have to ha- develop the ability to move on. You know, that's why – that's one of the things of why I think the lesson industry is just so bad. It's because you're developing people that are – they are – they're dependent upon you. And then they have no ability to move on because all we're doing is just reinforcing a bad swing. When you stop and you recognize what you did wrong, you're not turning the page. And hitters have to turn the page. Pitchers have to turn the page. You walk a guy, you got to turn the page right now. Like you got to flip the script right now. You can't go into this mode about you're thinking about your glove hand 
or you know you're thinking about this or or you're thinking about where you're tried footed you can't like you can't do that and it, you know what you're doing what you're patterning in, in a lot of lesson structures and what you're patterning in a lot of team structures just these these thinking kids that like they can't when we talked about this they can't get past themselves to to get to the main reason you're in that box is to compete against that guy on the mound to not get out like that's the thing Ochart tweeted that one time. I, I like I've screenshotted that tweet. What's the best way to practice? Well, um, get a guy out there that's trying to get you out and don't get out. Yeah. Like that has to be part of your practice design. Yes. It has to be. You know, you talk about those kids that you said they can't deliver it to the game. And it's like a lot of them, and in this business, it's hard because you lose clients with hard practice in the cage. Yeah. I don't want to do this. I don't want to fail. There's another Johnny right down the road that's going to pat you on the back for 30 minutes and take your $75. Like, that's a real thing. But I think if you can develop some trust as an instructor, as a coach, and say, hey, this is just something we have to do. You know, we can either suck now with an opportunity to figure it out or suck in a game. Which one would you rather go down? You know, that's a Caleb Abney line. Suck now or suck later. I'd rather you suck now. I'd rather expose these things now in a setting where we have time to like figure it out versus getting in a game. It's like, Hey, we got to score runs, win this thing. That's why we're here. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not the time to go figure this thing out. No. Robert Riggins is one of the goats, man. That guy, like that guy is 10 years ahead of the game. Yes. Yeah. I talked, so I did this conversation. It's not out on the podcast yet with Robert Riggins. Talk about learning. I'm not tooting my own horn, but I don't have any ego in this. If it's a good idea and it's got good principles behind it, we are doing it. Yes. The day I talked to Robert Riggins, the, the next day we were in the eye patch bucket. Like I'm, we, I'm excited we, to get to try that. We are in the eye patch bucket with our front toss, with our weighted bats. Like, we're in it. Like, his ideas are amazing. I'm not in the earplugs bucket yet because I still have my – and he doesn't know either, which is completely fine. It's okay to go down a road where you don't know what the answer looks like. He's right. got ideas. But I asked him, I said, hey, if we do earplugs in practice, like in the cage, we go earplugs, total silence, we get bat speed gains, but they don't use earplugs in a game. Is there, is there disconnect there? Are we just wasting our time with the earplugs in the practice? Because if there's not carryover in a game, you know, right. it really yeah. doesn't have much point to it. You know, it's cool in practice, but like Alan Iverson says, it's practice, not the actual game. You know, I think probably the answer is somewhere in the middle in the gray, but like we haven't gotten to the earplug piece, but it makes complete sense. If you've never talked to Robert about it, the podcast will probably be out the next few weeks. And I can probably send you the video like this. I post this video on the website immediately. And then the podcast will probably take month, month, six weeks, eight weeks to come out to the public. But Robert is. I met Robert a year, a year ago. I went out there to his place in Amarillo and we shot some slow motion video. And we got to spend a lot of time together talking about this. Of course, he's done a lot of great stuff since then. I've just been blown away with him. Amazing. Open-mindedness, willing to just 
learn anything. Great. Um, you know, and I'm sure you know his history in the game. Yeah, like he says, the worst. Now. He was like the worst high school coach in New Mexico. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. But when you're in that position, when you're in that position, um, you really don't have anything to lose to try new stuff. It's like I can either – that's the thing about coaches. Are you not trying to win? Like, are you not trying to win? Are you – like, you've lost forever. Your ideas clearly aren't that good. Why would you not try something else? What are you going to do, lose more? Like, you're already losing. And Robert, I think, came to that realization. It's like, I'm losing. Why not try anything different? I can tell you this about my own story. My last year coaching high school baseball, we weren't very good. Um, I was. We had a left-handed kid to about 77 that we figured out part of the way through the year threw up under right-handers' hands unbelievably well. So we took all the infielders. At 77, no one was going to hit it the other way. We threw up under right-handers' hand, and we took all the defense and shifted before shifting was cool. I said, we will not give up another hit in the six hole. I am tired of watching bad hitters roll round balls through the six hole. We're putting our shortstop there, and we're putting our second baseman over here, and we are not giving up these hits anymore. And we're taking our right fielder because nobody hits it hard the other way, and we're playing right him 25 feet where the second baseman would have been. We won 15 in a row. We got beaten state championship. What were we gonna do? Lose more? Right. Like, like we sucked. Yeah. We sucked. What was gonna happen if we played our defenders right here? We were gonna be worse. We weren't. We were way better. I think that's what happened to the Braves this year. I think the Braves were anti-shift, and then like two months ago they start shifting. Yeah. Here we are. Yep. It's like. Man, they hate good in that series. Yeah, I'm an Astros guy. I find the worst. The more people hate things, the more I like them. <laughs> like when LeBron went to Miami, like I became a LeBron fan. It's like everybody hated LeBron when he went to Miami. It's like here I'm in. Okay. Yeah, Chad. Thank you very much. For I'm your time. done, man. All right. Here, last question. And I think we covered a lot of things that we could do. This is the question of the podcast, though. If you could Thanos snap anything out of baseball, you get rid of it. Snap your fingers, Thanos style, it's gone. What do you got? Kill cues in the game. Teacher man. What would you say? <laughs> I said feel cues in the game. Yeah. Feel cues, yeah. yeah. I'm with you. Again, it goes to are you creating thinkers? Are you creating competitors? Right. I don't want thinkers. I'm not interested in thinkers. I'm not interested in kids that know a lot about swings. You can either hit or you can't. Like, let's hit. You know, a lot of people want to equate knowing a lot about swings to being able to hit. It's like, and I always use this example. I don't know if he's smart or not. He doesn't seem like it. I bet Yasiel Puig doesn't know anything about him. Right. He knows nothing. And I don't know why he's not in the big leagues. For a short amount of time, he was amazing. Yeah. There's probably been a lot of those people that have been like that through the years. Uh, man, if I thought Thanos snap, I'd probably just the egos. You no, know? yeah. Because I mean, when we were in pro ball, Chad and I were. I mean, I mean, it's so prevalent there that even the the A ball coach is 
well, you know, I'm trying to get to the big leagues as a coach. So they're trying to do everything they can to make their name on the game or, or yep. you know, put their stuff in. And it's just, it became, they became worse coaches by doing that. And players were the same way. Just, you know, I'm this, I'm that. Yep. And I'm, I'm, I'm the second rounder that never got above double A. And, you know, yep. like just the egos that they can just yep. be open-minded and still learn. I think the game will progress tremendously. I think, I think on the internet, like Teacher Man and Fry, if you had, if if you were not able to brag, brag on the amount of players that you got to the big leagues, and you had to post how many players you've domed up, like you had to keep the score of how many players you've domed up, the ego would go away quickly. I know yes. I've domed up my share. Hand up, yeah. my bad. I didn't mean to. And Jeff Leach is good about that. Jeff Leach will say like. He'll post about it on Twitter. It's like, I said this, this, and this, and I had to go apologize to the parent. But and the parent's like, oh, that was really good. It's like, no, it wasn't. I, we, did, we went the wrong direction with this. Like, if you had to do that, you would pump your brakes on how important you are to the big leagues or whatever. Guys, awesome. I yeah. hope I'm at the ABCA. I hope I am. Yeah. Um, I would say yes, but, like, that's probably not going to be a decision I make to like, after Christmas. And so, hopefully, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. All, All right, right, boys. Y'all have a good day. Too. Right. See you, dude.